Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we are talking to Imminent Sonic Destruction. Check it out. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I am talking to Tony, Brian, Pat, Scott, and Pete from Imminent Sonic Destruction. And joining us are fans, Pat, uh, Dave, Dave, Tim, Denis, Partha, and Louise. Lane. Lane. Sorry. <laughs> my name is Lane. That's my wife's name. I don't know why the hell it says that. <laughs> All right. See you, Lane. Yeah. <laughs> so you thank you guys. Pants in that family. <laughs> it's up in our street cred with the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining uh you know it's fantastic to actually see you guys uh, it's been forever i feel like since i've actually seen most of you i've seen since some of your activities on social media and stuff but it's great to see you all here and so thanks again for being on the show um i kind of like to start things off with the fans to get their story their their origin story of how they became uh ensconced in the cult of isd so <laughs> Let, let's start with Lane. Okay. Uh, when I first heard Raven, I was instantly fucking hooked. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't too long after that, I think, that I uh, was awarded the, the selection of a set list in Atlanta and uh, these guys played in Atlanta, so I live in most of the year in Raleigh, North Carolina, so I drove down, and it was a uh, head-banging hell of a time, so it was awesome. I've been hooked ever since. Wow. Wow, fantastic. Do you remember, where was the show in oh, Atlanta? Oh, it, it, it was a kind of a grungy place. I can't remember Masquerade. the name of it. I think they shut <laughs> it down. Mas Masquerade, Masquerade, that's it. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Awesome. And, and I've Fantastic. flown twice to Detroit to see these guys play wow. too. So, oh, excellent! Only twice? Excellent. I think it's only twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! Uh, so, uh, Pat, how about you, man? How would you get into ISD? Uh, I think the first time I heard them, I do the house music for Prague Power, the metal festival down in Atlanta. Um, yeah. Glenn usually sends me like the selections of what he wants on there and I assemble everything and do voiceovers so that when you're listening to it, you know what the song is because uh, I had been intending it from the very beginning and I noticed that um, a lot of times the first couple of shows that I went to, some song would play and it would end and then somebody would go, does anybody know who the hell that was? <laughs> uh, so I, you know, I talked to Glenn and made him an offer and I started doing the house music I think with Prog Power 3 and I've been doing it ever since. Even though I haven't been it happens after our shows too, by the way. They say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I would do the, the, you know, the voiceover at the end of the song so that people that like the song know who the band was, what the song was, what the album was, that sort of thing. And yeah. One of the years, I can't remember when it was, but several years ago, um, there was an ISD song on there. And I really liked the song. And I do all the research on, you know, you know, kind of add some color commentary about the band and that sort of thing, find out, you know, where they're from and that sort of thing. And 
realize that you know right. this band's from the Detroit area, and I'd never heard of them prior to that. And they're you know all you know Pat lives two miles from me basically. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've, I'd pretty much been following them since then, and I've snuck a couple more of their songs onto the house music. Uh, uh, down at Prague Power, you know, when they put a new album out, I've got one of the new songs on there. And um, I think the first time I actually got to see them live was uh, when they opened for Leprous. And oh, cool. I had a couple of friends in common and they hooked me up with the band and I got in basically on a, a photo pass and shot them and shot Leprous. And good show. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Great pictures too. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dave Taylor. Where do you go? Hello. <laughs> uh, well, I've known Pat for, I don't know, 20 years or so. Uh, I'm a fellow drummer. I uh, took lessons from Pat when I was mm, 18, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I was 19. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the first time I heard ISD, it was actually called a different name. Uh, yeah. Tony, yeah, okay with yeah. me saying it? Yeah. Uh, Mellotron. Yeah, thanks. Uh, nice and they were, yeah, you guys were doing a gig with Jabillion, who I used to play with, uh, and a band I was currently playing with at the time, uh, Coup de Trois, was supposed to also be on that show, but uh, the venue wanted to shorten the time. Uh, so came out to support and uh, really loved, loved the music and, uh, you know, been listening ever since. Fantastic. Dave is being bashful. He actually, he, he tried out for us too. He did. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. When I, yeah, there was a brief moment when Pat left and I auditioned. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. No, it was good. <laughs> it was very good. Although he, he'll back himself. It was a lot of fun. I, I, no thanks to me. Dave is actually a fine drummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Dave, you were you were I, awesome, man. You were totally awesome. I, I, I still keep breaking through in my uh, awesome, practice yeah. routine. Oh, cool. Awesome. Oddly enough, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> That's a <Yeah>. fun one. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, let's go with uh, Tim. Is that me? Yeah. yeah. Tim. Yeah, I uh, I went to high school with Pat. All right, so, that's all right. This is gonna uh, seem really lopsided tonight, isn't it? <laughs> so I've uh, sort of been following him forever. Very cool. And uh, no, uh, everything he's done has been amazing, and these group of guys and their chemistry, uh, just fascinating. So uh, I love the musicianship. And everything I every time I go to a show, I'm just amazed at uh, how tight and how good everything is. So uh, I love it. I've I've followed them since they uh, since they started, and uh, Pat and I have you know known each other forever. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's a that's a great point, point Tim. Um, their live shows that is where the energy is. That's um, for me when I first saw them live. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> It's fucking yep. awesome. So yeah. Uh Partha or Parath, yeah, sorry. You had I'm right. probably butchering your name. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> oh, he's got the hat. Oh. Yeah. He's got the lid. I've got the 
I've known these guys no, since the previous century. <laughs> but yeah, after after Dave mentioned it, it's like I know exactly where that hat is. <laughs> <laughs> that squirrel is killing me. I know. It's <laughs> killing you. <laughs> the funny thing is, I never got to see them play while they're uh, they, while they were Mellotron because I was out in Wisconsin at the time. Oh man! And they never came to they never came to visit. Oh Jesus! There you go. Now Pat. now Pat has the same Mellotron hat on, so excellent. <laughs> so I've managed to go see them uh, in a couple of different states and took one trip out to Toronto to go see them. Very cool. Right, so. Fantastic. Fantastic. Enjoy their music. She was in Chicago, too, right? Yeah. Seen a couple places. Did you come nice. down to the Dayton show at the end? No, I didn't make Dayton. I went to the Chicago one when you were playing with uh, Band Salvation. Yeah. Yep. Oh, cool. Uh, that would have been a good one to see. Yeah. How about uh, Denny? Yeah. Denny! Hey, so um, the way I discovered the band is uh, from a friend I work with. He's a big music maniac also, like me. And... Um, I arrived to work one day and recurring team has just been released for a couple of weeks. And uh, I get in my office, the CD is right there on the table. And I went like, what is this? He said, it's a new band. I am so convinced that you're going to love him that I bought one for you also. Wow. You owe me 10 bucks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. He was right. I mean, as soon as I listened to the album, I went like, okay, it, it's good. But um, uh, no, I loved it right away. But it was, uh, yeah, no, he was convinced and uh, he was totally right. <laughs> so, and, and I had the chance to see the band twice. Twice uh, the guys came to Montreal, uh, one with uh, King Crow and Pain of Salvation. That was oh, a great nice. show. And uh, the second time was with um, Circus Maximus. So that too oh, was a good show. That was that was a good yeah, place. I was lucky. They came twice to Montreal. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> they came twice to Montreal. Yeah. Montreal's probably. I love it. I love it, Dobie. Yeah. That's a, that's a good metal town. Good music town. It's a great town. Yeah. And those Mellotron uh, hat, I actually yeah. purchased the last one. The last, the last <laughs> time the guys were in Montreal, I, I actually bought the last one. So, <laughs> oh, man. I won't go and get it. It's way upstairs. <laughs> I'm wearing it for you, Denny. It's cool. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Dave. Um, just uh, cross paths with Pat for years on uh, you know, the Detroit <laughs> scene and East Side and well, the Rusty Nail. And uh, oh yeah. Um, got to meet got to know Brian a little better through a few years of uh, deal benefits that we do every year. And oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah and uh, and then, you know, ISD is, the, you know, one of the cream of the crop with, you know, what I, out of, I've seen in Pat's career and love the band. So, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I have a question for, for you guys. And um, I know that 2020 has been super hard, but I keep seeing these updates about the third album. And so I need to hear about the third album. Like, when is this thing going to be out and what kind of a magnum opus is it going to be? <laughs> um, well, we don't, it's basically done. Um, oh. 
it, we're finalizing the mix here like soon. It, um, and we've kind of been toying with the idea of should we wait until we can play live again to release it? Uh, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, we talk about it when we get together and we jam. And that seems to be the, the consensus is that we're going to wait till we can play live again to release it. But then again, I don't know if we want to wait that long. We're still, it's still kind of up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been a variety of bands that have done, you know, either approach they've gone ahead in the middle of the pandemic, put out music and it's kind of kept their name out there and, and done what it's done. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to get traction without some, shows and that kind of stuff so i can see where that would go that way so what's the musical direction i mean as you're obviously you're you're sticking with some of the formulas but um are you do you feel like you're branching out do you feel like you're doing something different or i I don't know give me a give me some kind of feel for what you're i'm gonna let someone else take the lead on that question yeah well i feel i i think for this being our first polka (laughs) uh, polka prod you're gonna you're going to be very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Roll out the barrel in 7-8 is no small feat. Let me tell you. I do want to say I'm, uh, uh, I think, well, I think we all feel this way. Uh, this is uh, going to be our best album yet, uh, for sure. And, uh, you know, every <laughs> album we do, we, we kind of have, there's, there's a standalone, um, standout kind of epic epic song and the one that's going to be in this album i think i've told lane before is going to make uh arborist calm or raven sound like they were sing-along campfire songs uh, this this is going to be it's going to take our normal brand of brutality up a few hundred notches so uh yeah anyway i i won't babble on much but i you know i'm i'm very excited about this album i'm sure and i know we all are but i I think this album expands our range. It goes heavier and softer than we've ever done That's in the very past. True, very true. Very yeah. true. Cool. I, I think this album, and I've told a lot of people this after listening to a lot of the tracks and a lot of the, uh, you know, the progress tracks that we get that I think vocally this album, it, it absolutely buries everything we've done up until now. And this band is, is so capable of, of really, you know, really bringing vocals, uh, and and we've and we've done well. I mean, up till now, we've we've really layered them in there, and really. But this album is just—I mean, it's insane how amazing uh, these vocal parts are coming. I think that people are the one thing that I think people are going to be really remarkable about as far as uh, the harmonies and the depth and and the just it. I can't tell you how great it is. And and usually I'm I'm pretty pretty happy with you know with all of our recordings with vocal you know the, the way that the vocals come through but i think the band is finally really starting to figure out what it's capable of and really starting to to lay it out there and if we can god willing we can actually do this live people are going to be just absolutely floored and, and we did we don't we're not one of those bands that just says screw it i don't care we're going to make it sound as great as it can in the studio damned yeah. the live show we always always try to make sure that everything that we record that we that you know we can reproduce and i'm sure that we can i mean the the rehearsals have been amazing but i think the vocals are the big standout of this album the music is great but the vocals are are unbelievable awesome that when you were talking about that pat that uh, that was going to be a question is like 
do you guys write your music in such a way that you know you can perform it live? Because I know there's bands that just go crazy. They put all kinds of stuff in there because, you know, you can. In the studio, you can do whatever you want and you can make it perfect. Um, but then when you have to try to, and then they won't play some of those songs live because it's impossible to get the same level of, uh, of uh, you know, perfection. Right. right. They're the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> Jerks. we did before on triumphia where tony made sure that the themes in or the 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 key riffs of the songs kind of bookended the album and you can hear the beginning of the album at the end and it was so cool once we finished things up that he had that in mind I think this album, he absolutely intended for this record, this album to be a flow of, you know what the beginning was, you know what the be- the ending becomes, and it's all mm-hmm. tied together very carefully with the way he wrote some of these songs and arranged them. And a lot of, a lot of this time around was the concept that we have all this recording studio experience and time and layering the sound became a very important part of this new album primarily vocals because now we can all concentrate and make sure that they sound the way we tended them to the but yeah. then as well with the keyboard and more guitar riffage that is down in there and you can hear it the fourth or fifth time through the on the album you don't you don't pay attention to it before, and then now it stands out all of a sudden. And Dave is pouring a drink, and he's not. <laughs> I think I think just totally blowing your phone. I think I've been dipping my bottle too many times. Dave just Dave, Dave yeah. just said screw it. Yeah. I was listening. Yeah, that's I was a great listening. Sound <laughs> Dave, I'll take a Long Island, please. I'll take a Long Island. Right back. <laughs> Percent uh, sign drink. <laughs> <laughs> So now I'm going to have to leave that in there. I was I was already thinking I'm going to edit Dave out. But <laughs> who's this Kevin guy? <laughs> Dave, our priorities: drinking. Right. Exactly. Anybody see yeah. another guy down there, Kevin? Yeah, Kevin. Can you hear us? I might. I'm going to guess that's Kevin Robles. Are we jumping? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, I'm on like double. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. So I'll, I'll introduce Kevin. He's the singer of the death metal band that uh, we're in together called Drag Beneath. And he, oh, he oh, also cool. does a little guest spot on on ISD's next album. So he's cool. Very, very nice. Very nice. And Drag Beneath was uh, good, some good stuff. Yeah, thanks. So, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> um, so I don't want to monopolize all the questions, um, but I can if you guys want me to. So does any fans have questions for imminent sonic destruction i didn't know there was going to be a test <laughs> yeah there will be and and, and please be sure to write down the answer the correct yeah, answer. Right. <laughs> it's, it's your work. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was a blood test no <laughs> i didn't prep anybody, that either anybody got questions if not i'll wait chuck it's live <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll keep going. Um, so I'm curious about like when we're talking about song construction 
and that process of building, uh, you know, building your music. Do you guys, uh, are you more old school where you kind of get together, uh, jam room, somebody comes up with an idea, you riff on that and, and build, or is it more, um, people have, you know, somebody in the band, Tony, Brian comes in, got a pretty well-structured song, and then you go from that and, and everyone adds their parts. What's the, what's the songwriting process? It's usually, uh, we send a check out to Barry Manilow and he gives it back to us. <laughs> no, I was no, looking at uh, Greg's list for the primary composer. Yeah. And I, no, I would never, ever call myself. <laughs> uh, I'm not that, uh, guy, but, um, no, I, I do write the majority of the songs. I give, I give the guys like, um, the, the, yeah, the base of the song. It'll be like 80% of the song. And then, you know, Pat will come up with an idea to change a part or, or Brian will fart in a microphone <laughs> <laughs> or Scott will actually Scott wrote lyrics on, on one song. I, I actually said, well, here's what I was going to title it. Here's kind of what I was thinking. And without telling me, he just went for it and it, it was awesome. So he kind of surprised me there. And, and honestly, Pete, he, he kind of comes in and really helps me a lot with the lyrics and the vocal melodies a ton. Uh, he's like, he's like our lead vocal guy. So, you know, if you like vocal melodies and stuff, most of the time you got to be thanking Pete for that. Pete? Yeah, All right. um, that's kind of like the process. I, I bring I bring the the meat uh, and potato to the table, and the guys bring the rest. They bring the, the drinks and the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? so, we bring the silverware, <laughs> uh, and then and then more drinks. Yeah, awesome. Is there a concept to this album or no? There is not a solid concept. It's more of a just kind of a theme each song it's recurring themes well it just it, each song has its own subject you already did that but um i mean if you listen to the whole thing beginning to end you know you'll feel like you're listening to one piece i, w- I would say it's kind of like a it's different it's different than the last one as far as it's not a full concept piece but it is kind of like a it's kind of like a timeline of I don't know I, I, if that's a way to say it. It's not like there's characters or a story really, but there's just kind of a, a progression through the whole thing that you can pick up on if you're paying attention. We don't want to tell anybody exactly what you're listening to, but hmm. but you can kind of pick up on it if you're if you're if you get into it, which we all we all like to do. We're all into that kind of music where we really want to just soak things up and try to get all the details. And yeah. So we try to write things that we would enjoy, and hopefully the people that like us would be the same way so yeah so, so is there a pandemic song on no. there at all <laughs> no. I, mean, I know i know people need to be reminded because they're going to forget because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get drilled into your head every five seconds of every day so right. you know we figured we'd want to pile onto that because there's just a lot of money in that yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're rolling in cash because of that all song yeah <laughs> uh uh, so Pete, that uh, had brought up another question for me, like for for you guys as artists, um, and we can go around the horn too. As far as music, because there are artists that uh, write a song, um, are 
purposely um, not direct about what the their their vision is. They want the the listener to to develop a vision of what they interpret the song to be. And then there's other people that listen to music that really want to have like, I want to know what you were thinking as the artist. What were you thinking when you wrote this? What was your direction? Um, so there's kind of these two schools of thought. I, I tend to be that person that wants, I want to know where your headspace was. I don't want, I can invent my own shit all day. I really want to understand like where you came from and what motivated you for this music. So I'm kind of curious what you guys feel individually as far as do you like the story written out for you and you can follow it or do you want to have the music given to you and you explore it and make your own story um so pete let's start with you do you want a specific song thanks pete no you could go with the yeah it, it may be a specific song um but yeah i mean uh, just in general do you like to have the music um do we like it as listeners Is that, that's yeah as listeners yes yeah. i mean i i uh don't usually get the chance to ask the artists that I like <laughs> what they were thinking. So, I mean, right. I guess my experience has always been just, I just pay enough attention to it. And if it's, if it's an in-depth enough uh, song, it's cool that, you know, you could listen to it for years and then you hear something a different way and, or you pick up a, pick up on a lyric and you realize, Oh God, this could mean this. And yeah, I, I like that. I like when there's, when there's different interpretations of things. Um, I, you know, I get what you're saying, because I think it would be cool to be able to ask some people, what were you thinking when you did this, you know? Yeah. Especially yeah. bands I don't like. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> Why would you do that? To me. No. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I can see why that would be intriguing to want to know what they were thinking about it particularly. I'm sure that would be on like maybe a certain songs here and there I would really want to know. But yeah. overall, I like you know, I think about like, uh, like old Rush albums or something, and I just want to just soak it all up. And you can use, I mean, of course, that's a pretty, that's like the best lyricist that I can think of. So right. if you don't know what, you don't know what's going on there, then you're probably just yeah. not paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Pert was pretty good about like laying out the story for you. So you knew what was going on. But he was also really good about putting multiple meanings into things. That true. Very true. Which I like. Yep. I really enjoy. Yeah. I enjoy that there's depth in there could be depth in the music or depth in just like one part, like look at all the, the things the guitar is doing or whatever. But when you can also get into the lyrics or, you know, a lot, a lot of harmonies, it's like the more places I can add interest, the more, uh, the more into it I am. Awesome. Uh, Scott, what about you? Well, uh, I think in terms of playing uh, in, in ISD, um, and if I'm understanding your, your question correctly. Uh, You're not. and 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 chuck you have to you have to understand that i am constantly uh in fear and at risk of uh being fired from this band uh so i like to call the fluid member of the band (laughs) yeah so my my hr file is is something else Um, but you know, I, I don't know. If, so I'll, I'll take a stab at answering this, but, um, I think, you know, I have a role, I have a role, a certain role in the band, uh, musically and, um, and it's very, um, it's in, it's in con- contrast to what I normally do. Like it in music. Otherwise I, I'm a more mellow singer songwriter guy. And, um, 
And so being in this band has put me like in this role where I play, you know, I play the second guitar and I might play some uh, things on the pedals and then I sing back up. And, um, and I love like where I'm at, you know, uh, I, I love the format we, we write, we write in, um, you know, Tony brings in the, the songs and, and then we all kind of like put our stamp on it. And I'm, it is, and it might sound restricted to other musicians. Well, like, oh, you just go in and you do this part, but it's, for me, it feels like I, um, I interject a lot of what I can do. It puts my musicianship at the test, uh, to the test, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So it's fulfilling to play this music. And, and then there are these parts of, of I have favorite parts of, of a lot of our songs where you know, we play them as a band and I get the goosebumps, you know, <laughs> and I, I think that's, that's the thing, you know, that's, if you can do anything in life that kind of still gives you that thrill. Um, and I could, I could list off parts of songs, the, the pre-chorus to uh, driving home, the, the big bridge in uh, lake of fire, you know, these things that we play live that are just, you know, you get to that point in the show and you're like, and I, I mean, at least me, I'm just like, wow, like, yeah like that's what i'm doing this is what i'm doing here you know <laughs> and, awesome. and and i would not want to be anywhere else but like right here right now playing this song and we sound so damn good right now and uh <laughs> so so much i mean there's just so much of our music has those moments uh for me as, as a musician so um you know i don't know if that qualifies as a, an answer but um it's a great, it's a great answer. i love it yeah i love it i love it yeah uh Pat, how about you? I what I what Pete said. <laughs> <laughs> Easy way out. Awesome. Pete's always awesome. had a great, a, a, a much better way with uh, with uh, describing things. That that's why we make Pete our blog master. <laughs> he's just uh, he's incredible. It's funny. I was just talking to my wife about this the other day. On a side note, really quickly, it's like I wish everyone could read our band texts oh god <laughs> we banned from several countries and probably get knocked out of i mean but this band the reason that this band is still together is because of the chemistry together and it has a lot to do i mean the the fact that we uh the way that tony brings the songs to the table the way uh the way that he allows us to uh really put our fingerprints all over everything he he you know he's got the idea for the song he brings it um, we each are completely allowed to, you know, to do whatever we want to do with it. And that's what, that's the thing that I like about, you know, when we're putting stuff together and thematically or not, uh, for instance, and, uh, you know, with recurring themes, you know, uh, Triumphia, the, the way that those were two, you know, one was just a, a, a batch of songs it was really just Recurring themes seem like, all right, we got this great band. We got all these great ideas. Let's just slap together a bunch of songs and, yeah. and, uh, and show everybody what we can do. And then Triumphia was this, you know, all right, well, we're a prog band. So we need the prog, you know, the quintessential prog album where everything's glued together by and, and an amazing story, a wonderful story. It's one of the few times that I really, and I, I concentrate more on the music. I'm more of a, a music arrangement type guy. I like to try to keep things exciting and and especially for the prog listeners I like to try to keep things uh difficult and interesting you know I, yeah. I you know keep us on our toes everybody has a role in the band 
and uh, and that's mine to, to to you know just to make sure everything has a good solid rhythmic flow. And then when it needs to sound like we're falling down the stairs, that's where I come in. Um, but I, I, I on this album, I'm paying way more attention to the lyrics because that's what they're hitting me like like no other thing that we've done so far. You know, I'm 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 and I'm not a lyric. I'm not really a lyric guy. Anybody who I'm sorry for all the lyricists out there. I'm yeah. more about the music, the meat and potatoes of the music. I love jazz. I, 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 I listen to jazz fusion. Not a lot of vocalists in the jazz fusion field. Um, right. So I love the, the music, but this album is so front loaded with amazing vocal performances. Uh, that's what I think. Again, I mentioned it earlier. I think that that's what's going to be the big thing that people are going to take away from this, uh, this recording. I think that the, the growth of this band and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that we're still together because there's still growth. We, I don't think we plateaued in any way, shape or form. Yeah. The only thing that's been really difficult was this year of not really being able to perform yeah. and, and keep our live shows growing as well. You know, we're gonna, it's gonna be like playing all over it, you know, for the first time all over again when we get back out on stage, which makes it yeah. even more fun because a, yeah. a lot of fans don't get an opportunity to do that, so. Right. That was my long-winded and, uh, you know, uncontrollable answer. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, so, Brian. Hey, James. Well, when it comes to lyrics, I don't know. <laughs> um, I've got favorite bands where I need to know what the heck the lyrics are talking about. And I've got bands where I don't want to know about the, what the lyrics actually mean because the mystique of not knowing that 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 complex kind of lyrics where you don't want to decipher them because you're cooler that way uh, a band yeah. like haken came out with the album visions and it's a story and i i had to study it and get the lyrics off the internet and the couple of times i've met the band i had to ask them, what the heck is this part <laughs> because it's amazing but it's a concept album with a story what is it talking about nick but then you got a band like Opeth, where the mysterious nature of the lyrics <laughs> are so powerful and so good without interpreting yeah. them, without trying to dissect them. I don't want to know what the lyrics actually mean because it would probably be less cool. Like, yeah, you know, like probably not in the latest album when it was all in Swedish. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> one of the biggest mistakes I ever did was try to figure out what were the lyrics from the Misfits, and I read them. And I'm like, oh, I guess I don't. Want to that off. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! Oh but man, there were a couple uh, of songs in this band where I had to ask Tony, Tony, exactly what are these lyrics about? Um, because I love the mystique of how he phrases things and how he describes things and the emotions he's putting in there. And then there's a couple of songs where I had to know what the hell is this all about? It's, it's... <laughs> Ow. Through the, the uh, glass window frame here. That nobody can see. Symbolism that I'm enjoying right now is really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, so Tony, how about you? I'm going to um, as far yeah, as um, like when I'm listening to music, I never know. What, I don't I don't care to know what the lyrics are about. I, it's more like an overall feel. 
there are some bands that I listen to similar to Brian's answer, where there's some bands I listen to where I want to know what, what their motivation was. And there's certain artists where you listen to them and you can kind of figure it out or they'll outright say it in an interview or in a blog or some shit. But like Devin Townsend, for example, he writes very, um, everything's personal. Everything he writes is personal for the most part. And so that's kind of cool. I kind of want to know what his motivations are, but then you listen to something like, I don't know, Meshuggah. I have no idea what the fuck they're singing about, but like their riffs and I just want to just, you know, pop some drywall, you know what I'm saying? I just want to nuts. Um, so that's kind of more where I'm at when I'm listening to something. It's, it's kind of one or the other. Does it make me feel like, it, like, like, you know, going nuts or do I need to know? And it kind of depends on the artist that I'm listening to. So I don't know, but if there's, I think about like Pain of Salvation or Neil Morse or uh, Porcupine Tree, Stephen Wilson. These are people that like, they are the lead songwriters of their bands. And so then I'm more interested in knowing what their motivation is, especially someone like Stephen Wilson. But again, yeah. if you listen to Meshuggah or you listen to, fuck, I don't know, Gojira. Well, they're clearly about saving the planet, which is fine, but I don't right. know what most of their lyrics are about. I just know that they, you know, are heavy and, <laughs> and make people throw stuff <laughs> around or, or maybe even like immolation or something. It, I, you know, it's, I'm sure it's evil. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm to death metal, you know, and that's, that's kind of right. like how I operate as far as a listener. Yeah. Or carcass. Or carcass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Shut up. Yeah. Recaputrification. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. We spell it. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be on the test. Uh, so, anybody have uh, questions for the band? Anybody? James? No. Oh, Dave? Well, I don't, but oh, I just James. wanted to say hi to hey, you guys. There he is. Um, What's up, James? Hi, James. How you doing, James? Yeah. Hey. 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 How are you guys? Um, but yeah, I just want to say, hey, uh, I love all you guys. I actually got to jump off. Um, it was cool seeing all you guys. <laughs> Woo! I can't wait to hear the new, the new uh, release. All right. Awesome to see you, James. All right. I'm, I'm leaving. I'll see you uh, guys see you, soon. Good to see you, James. Yeah, good to see you. Yep. Catch you guys later. Good to see you. So uh, something I like to ask that I kind of – uh, rope in the fans is uh, to find out like your origin stories as far as uh, you know what albums you got into and what was like the first album that you bought with your own cash so uh, Pat what was your first album wow um, my brother and I uh, he's like not even a full year older than me so when we got into music through my mother because my mother was the music fan of the house and we first started like we, we were buying 45s and, you know, yeah. the uninitiated, that's a very small vinyl record. Uh, <laughs> it operates at a different revolutions per minute. And that's why they call it. Anyway, so, uh, um, but when we had our, we, we, we got some money and we were able to go and we went to Peaches Records and Tapes. Oh, wow. Rosebeck in, uh, I believe it was Frazier. 
Uh, we went there and we took our hard-earned money uh, through, uh, and I, I ended up buying Aerosmith's first album. Oh, cool. That's a good album. I, I kind of got into them through uh, some cousins and my brother was getting into be, like this between Kiss and Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. And um, but I, I dug Aerosmith at the time. I was really I thought that shit was really, really cool. And that, you know, song yeah. Dream On, I had the, the single, but I wanted the whole record. And that was the first album that I first vinyl 12 inch album that I ever bought was that. That's kind of and then I I mean, immediately got into Kiss and completely screwed my world up um, yeah. um, every single thing they ever did <laughs> so thank god we got into led zeppelin because yeah. he was almost a bass player uh, yeah, i got into kiss and and i i started uh, wanting to be gene simmons like everybody else did yeah and and uh my father uh bought me a drum set out of the blue so i ended up getting back into drums and then my brother got into rush there oh. you go end of story. <laughs> Yeah, there does, you know, there does seem to be a progression there because I, I did the same thing almost. I didn't listen to Aerosmith first, but got huge into Kiss. And then somebody came in, I think it was ninth grade, and they said, uh, You ever listen to Rush? And I'm like, uh, what, what the fuck's Rush? And so they gave me, they gave me 21 12. And I'm like, Fuck. And so yeah. that's all I listened to. It's yeah. like fucking Rush. Yeah. You know? so I listened to fucking Kiss forever. And then, whoa, let's switch gears and go to Rush. But so. And they couldn't be two more divergent bands. Correct. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that was my thing. That was it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Tony, how about you? The first two albums that I bought with my own money was uh, Nirvana's Nevermind and Green Day's Dookie. <laughs> All right. <Yes. laughs> um, but before those, uh, I was listening to a lot of whatever my parents were listening to, as, as most of us probably did. And uh, that was like my mom would play a lot of Bob Seger, uh, Steve Miller, and like Jim Croce. But yeah, <laughs> Nirvana and Green Day were the first that I bought with my own money. Awesome. Uh, Brian, how about you? It's hard to remember because when my brother and I were getting into music, um, I wish you could hear how bad that burp smelled. <laughs> I'm still digging on Partha's horn section here. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my brother and I were buying, you know, listening to music and finding stuff. And I'm not sure exactly what the first two albums were because I know my brother got a copy of Metallica's Black album, but I went and got Injustice for All. And then I think after that, I got Blizzard of Oz. Oh, nice. I think those were the nice. two first albums I remember specifically purchasing and then studying the lyrics and studying the sheets. And uh, yeah, those are two solid albums right there. So a lot of a lot of me playing bass with Pat is definitely Bob Daisley and the whole concept of every time the kick drum hits a bass note better be right there with it. That solid <laughs> hit, and yeah, when a bass note hits, a bass player gets his wings. <laughs> that's how we look at it. Yeah, Scott rips them off of me because that's Scott. <laughs> <laughs> what I do, yeah. So, Scott, how about you? What was well, I followed the same uh trajectory as Pat with uh 
I was a Kiss fan because I was when I was a kid. So I was always getting Kiss albums. And then uh, for my 13th birthday, I got Signals and Moving Pictures. Yeah. Uh, mm. And that changed my life. But I think at the time I had a paper route and the two albums I bought with my own money for the first time was um, were Journey's Escape. Nice. And uh, Diary of a Madman. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Very nice. And music, uh, gosh, you know, that, that whole period of time, you know, the it was just a flood of just amazing stuff being released. So yeah. it's a good time to be uh, 13. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Is there a good time to be 13? I... That, that was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah. I bought my first carton of cigarettes at 13. So that's, <laughs> those were the days. That's right. Our parents insisted. Smoke <laughs> <laughs> up, then. Johnny. Smoke up, Johnny. <laughs> Uh, Pete, how about you? Uh, I I uh, never bought an album with my own money. That's <laughs> <laughs> all the way. Columbia House. I did. I did enter Columbia House record and tape club when I was a kid. <laughs> I got a whole bunch of. I got a whole bunch of ten CDs you brought for a cent. <laughs> yeah, I got. I got a ton of tapes for a penny. <laughs> I don't know if I could. I mean, I I grew up listening to like Tony was saying. I listened to a lot of my. My parents had a lot of Beatles albums, so I'd listen to those when I was a kid. But um, nice. and then once I got into the Columbia Record and Tape Club, <laughs> I, I just grab everything, and then I'd forget to tell them I didn't want something, and they'd send me some piece of shit yeah. tape that I didn't want. They get into that club, isn't it? Dude, I had that work out for me a couple of times where they sent that album that you didn't ask for, and it was actually good. And dude, yeah, oh well, yeah, Bruce Dickinson's Chemical Wedding. You're right. Oh, oh. Ice. Oh. Which is, I had no idea, dude. Up. I wasn't even an Iron Maiden fan yet. I had no idea. Wow. Wow. I like the stuff more than some of the Iron Maiden stuff. Wow. That is great. <laughs> Pat. Iron Maiden. <laughs> I, I had a weird introduction to Iron Maiden because I was like, did you catch that? <laughs> Pat. Does, does, does Pat show up over Pete? Yeah. He's in my game. <laughs> <Yeah. Whoa. laughs> Do you not catch him hanging out with Brian and Tony? <laughs> you don't want to know what I'm doing Side down. <laughs> oh boy. Oh See, I'm God. woefully behind here. <laughs> the drum set uh, isn't actually here. This is green screen. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, I actually didn't know about Iron Man until I was in college. And I was at the computer lab wasting time between classes. And this guy said, Hey, man, can you come over here for a second? I'm like, What's up? And he was a really, really tall, skinny black dude. And he had headphones, CD player, stack of CDs, and a red bass guitar. And he's like, hey, I got to go and see my counselor for changing classes. Can you watch my stuff for a few minutes? I'm like, okay, sure. What are you listening to? And I look at the stack. I'm like, Iron Maiden? He goes, yeah, dude, I love them. I'm like, I haven't ever really stopped to listen to them. Well, here, here's the headphones. Go ahead. And so I listened to Number of the Beast. And Invaders is still to this day the bass riff I play first every time I pick up a bass. If it's at the music store, if it's practice on stage, <laughs> I still have to play Invaders. That riff got me. <laughs> awesome. Uh, that was uh, actually uh, very first album that I bought was actually uh, Black Sabbath Sabotage. 
Um, but my buddy was with me and he bought uh, Iron Maiden Killers. Yeah. So, and we both, yeah. That was the first album I ever heard of Iron Maiden was Killers. My, nice. my friend yeah. came uh, across the street. She was in Germany. She came over. The new wave of British metal had just been getting going and she gave us a cassette and it had Iron Maiden's Killers on one side and the Tigers of Pantang Oh yeah, side. and I had never heard any of that shit before. And me yeah. and my brother put it on our radio, and it was just or we, you know, we had our his. He had all the money in the stereo gear, <laughs> so we put it in his his uh, his cassette player, and boom, yeah, like Iron Maiden. What? <laughs> yeah, it's like what is this? And she's like, oh, it's all the rage over there. Oh man, you guys are gonna love all this. Stuff. <laughs> I'm like, ah, that stuff's <laughs> never gonna catch. <laughs> <laughs> 45 oh, years later. Now, yeah. Thomas, I am not. <laughs> so, uh, Dave Taylor. Somewhere in Time was one of my first ever uh, album purchases. What was that? It was a 50 cent bin at PJ's Records in Ann Arbor. Oh, yeah, PJ's. And I, and I grabbed it completely based on the artwork. Yes. Well, you know, that that is a driver sometimes because, like, it, and it can lead you astray because. I actually thought that the you know bad out of hell was going to be really heavy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing heavy was the singer. <laughs> oh. Oh. Ouch! Uh, you know, Ouch. That reminds me though that when these guys talk about how they like Kiss, Pat, um, <laughs> that um, I never liked them. I always thought when I was a kid, I was like, "Wow, these guys must be awesome. They must sound great." Because look at how crazy this is. And then I yeah. heard some songs and I was like, it's just a rock band. And I wasn't thrilled, but, <laughs> but I didn't think they lived up to the artwork. But yeah. Oh yeah. How do you feel about ghost? Oh, God. <laughs> I look I, I'm not, ghost I'm not going to comment on, on ghost. <laughs> Cause I know some people love ghost and I'm like, I Your one don't album get it. was really sweet. Yeah. Deloria or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, that was a great album. That was good. Yeah. I, I've listened to it a few times. I'm like, no, it's not for me. But you know, not everything's for me, so that's fine. Uh, Dave Taylor, what was your first album? Oh, geez, I've been thinking about this the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up. Better be good, man. I, I grew up in a very musical family, uh, so I didn't have to buy a lot of albums. Um, but I think the first thing I ever went and sought out was uh, a forty-five of Phil uh, Withers' "Lean On Me." Oh, nice. uh, just because I heard it I heard it in a movie or uh, in a movie and wanted to learn how to play the piano part uh, so my mom took me up to Harmony House and uh, uh, picked that up but I mean I grew up listening to Beatles, Rush Journey you know so I mean after that it was pretty much Rush after that all the time <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, and that—that that was actually how I ended up taking lessons with Pat because of our our uh, connection with Rush. <laughs> oh, cool. But yeah, that was uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Great. Yeah, I also did the 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 Columbia House thing. <laughs> 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 I, I think uh, I think I kept denying them until they. Uh, you know, every month until they went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh, Tim, how about you? 
Yeah, well, uh, first ones I was exposed to was like Steve Miller, Fly Like an Eagle, yeah. for my uh, my brother. But uh, I'm with Pete, where uh, was Journey Escape, and then uh, Queen Live Killers. Oh yeah, that's a great album. And uh, Ario Speedwagon, so more of the mellow mellow stuff. Yeah, you until, know, I, until I got moving pictures and my life was changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that damn Rush band. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Pat Griffin, how are you? I honestly can't remember the first one that I bought with my own money. I think it was probably kind of the same thing with Tony. I got into, I think it was probably BMG music club yeah, um, and got, you know, the 10 CDs for a penny thing. And I don't remember what all was in there. Um, But as far as like my current taste in music, I remember uh, my best friend from grade school growing up, uh, he had heard Pull Me Under by Dream Theater on the radio. Oh, yeah. And uh, he went out and bought the album because he really liked the song. And then it turned out that what he had heard was the radio edit of the song, which was condensed and didn't have all the wild instrumental and stuff. It was kind of more of a, like a straightforward song. Yep. So he listened to the version that was on the album and didn't like it as much as what he'd heard on the radio and didn't like the other stuff that was on there because it was too wacky for him. And he basically threw the CD to me, threw, threw the CD to me and, you know, said, you know, check this out. Maybe you'll like it. And I ended up loving it. And that was kind of the beginning of that whole thing for me. It took me down a road of, you know, Dream Theater and Queensryche and Fate's Warning and yeah, uh, bands. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> uh, like one of the regrets that I do have is um, the first time that I saw Dream Theater live. Um, yeah, I hadn't really been to too many concerts at that point, and when I saw them live, I wanted to you know, see them. That's what I was there for. So, yeah. you know, the whole time that the opening acts are on, I'm like paying no attention. I'm just like, you know, bring dream theater out. That's what I'm here for. And uh, it was years after that, that I discovered Fate's Warning and <laughs> that Fate's Warning had opened for the dream theater show that I had gone to. And I didn't pay any attention to them, didn't know who they were, you know, didn't really give their set any credit or anything like that. Oh, man. Damn it. But yeah. That's why like you open it to the show It's probably, you know, the majority of what I listen to these days. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Denis? Uh, in my case, I have a brother that's older than me. So um, uh, he bought a stereo system in 76. Yes, I'm that old. Um, <laughs> he bought it in 76. Listened to music with him for a while. Led Zeppelin and all that. Deep Purple. I bought my first album around probably 81. It was Pink Floyd, The Wall. So talk about an easy album to start with. (laughs) Uh, And uh, my second one would be Journey Escape. Oh, wow. So uh, there's a couple of people that talk about Journey Escape. This was my second album a few years after. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Journey was my gap. Um, So between Kiss and Rush, um, Journey squeezed in there and um i i might have listened to maybe a little bit of Judas priest and then mm. rush happened and then and rush took over until i got into maiden and then maiden got me into 
like Angel Witch, and then it went downhill from there because I started getting progressively heavier and crazier. So anyway, uh, so uh, Len, or Lane, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably older than all you guys put together. <laughs> uh, my first album that I bought was the Santana Tiger album with Evil Ways and Jingo and Soul Sacrifice. And I still love that crying guitar and the rhythms and everything. But a couple years later, I got into a a friend's car. It was a 1968 Ford Fairlane, eight track player. He shoves in this, this eight track and I hear this song, Maybe I'm a Leo. Uh, on the Machine Head Deep Purple album, and it changed my life uh, for forever, seriously. And that song is a great song, but it's yeah. probably, you know, fourth or fifth or sixth best <laughs> song on that album. And, yeah, uh, I agree. And uh, so I just love Deep Purple. I got into Black Sabbath, Uriah Heep, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Rush. And then I kind of lost music in the 80s. And then I kind of had another discovery, and it was Dream Theater. And that got me into the whole progressive metal thing. And probably without those guys, I wouldn't have run across ISD. So that's kind of my little journey. Awesome. That's great. It was the gateway drug for a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Russia Dream Theater. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dave. Hello. Dream Theater had great taste in opening bands, eh, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do, right? Like the Cowboys, man, they were awesome. <laughs> yeah, Fate's warning. I forget our people. Are... How about that big wreck band? Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, well, when I was little, it was Kiss Alive, which my mom bought for me. So, but with my own music, could be Led Zeppelin II and Diary of Madman. Nice. Awesome. So, yeah classics and uh kevin how about you man uh i'm younger than everybody so uh mine was the mine was the eight mile soundtrack and it's all right excellent uh american idiot after that when that came out because uh what is it boulevard of broken dreams that would come on every day at four on my local radio station while i was playing runescape in middle school so uh <laughs> there's uh that's how you show my age and uh my girlfriend's here talking about it and she's saying that she bought the gladiator soundtrack first Whoa. with her money so Holy we're both cow. soundtrack people i guess nice. wow. that's awesome there are still Glad- soundtracks <clears throat> like uh god what Lord of the Rings, of course. I, I, I've got that. Oh, oh yeah. Enya, my girl, still, because, you know, Lord of the Rings was fifth grade. So, <laughs> you know, Enya's with me for life. Was the, uh, uh, Cold the Conqueror. My brother found that. He loved that. And then I found the old copy of Conan the Barbarian. I have that. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say Conan. That that soundtrack. Oh, my God. By It's not the full movie. That's not the full soundtrack. It's only a 45-minute disc, and the movie's an hour and a half worth of music for a two-hour movie, and it's never been published. If anybody has a music of it, shit, send it to me. <laughs> I'll check my cassette. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. Lane will find the eight track. Yeah. The eight tracks always have. Right. We should release this new album on eight track and see. Oh, We're bringing it back. Yeah. yeah. That would be so cool. Just, just cause, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> People's got their six disc changer in their car stereo system and MP3 adapters. Now I rip that shit out. I'm going old, 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 <laughs> real old eight track, baby. 2022 fast caravan uh, with an eight track. <laughs> uh, Lord. I've got a record player in my car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been a great talk with you. I've got one more question for everybody. Right. It's uh, super controversial, so please don't be offended. Pineapple or no pineapple on pizza? <laughs> pineapple. <laughs> so That's Dave Taylor, yes. Dave Taylor, what do you do? What do you say? No, no, no. absolutely oh. not. <laughs> Partha. Why not mix it up? Sweet and savory. All right, sweet and savory. There we go. Pete. Uh, I've never tried pineapple on pizza, but I guess that would be no then. <laughs> Denny. I don't think I'd like it. So. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. And, 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 and not, I don't know if it's true, but supposedly it's a Canadian guy that, that came up with that. <laughs> I'm kind of a bit of a shame here, but anyways... <laughs> It's dog. Some people like yeah. it. Good for them. No, me personally, I, ju I just can't. Just Tim, can't. I think I saw a thumbs down from you. Thumbs down. I, I only live in it under the sea. I, I, uh, no pineapple for me. No pineapple. Kevin, did did you say yes or no? Um, big, big yes oh. for me. Uh, Brooke is a big no, oh. though, so it's kind of neutral so from it, our end. It's a house divided. Oh. oh no, it is a house divided. So, I, obviously, I don't get much pineapple <laughs> on my pizza. No pineapple for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, Pat Griffin. Uh, yes, for me, it right. kind of depends on what it's with. But uh, like one of the pizzas we get a lot will be um, chicken, pineapple, and jalapenos. Oh, see, very. You know, an this is what I'm finding: yes. jalapenos and pineapple. That's what people go with. Yep, Crazy. that's I'm trying. Crazy, uh, Pat. Absolutely, Another Pat. Absolutely, I actually oh. eat nearly anything <clears throat> on a pizza. Uh, <laughs> crystal meth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a gentle sprinkle. Uh, but uh, yeah. no, pineapple totally works for me for sure. You can be friends, Pat. Yeah. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Lane. Uh, I'll eat it, but I don't prefer pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Dave. Absolutely not. And I will cast James Tronco's vote for no either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Tony. Uh, Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Really? Um, quick, oh. quick short story. Uh, we brought Pain of Salvation to town in Detroit. I was the promoter. I took the band out to eat. We went to Buddy's Pizza. Daniel Gildalow ordered himself a uh, pineapple, jalapeno, and bacon pizza. And mm -hmm. if you are anti-pineapple on your pizza, try that first. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're wrong. 
<laughs> Let's go. I would try that. That, that actually sounds yeah. good. I would try yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. It was idea. It was awesome. Now I'm going to get uh, pizza later. I once got a uh, Hawaiian style pizza. So it was pineapple, ham, bacon, and barbecue sauce instead of marinara sauce. And so it was like that sweet and sour kind of pizza. That's the yeah. best way to have it with pineapple. It was delicious. All right. That's what nice. we get from Jets. It's amazing. Oh, nice. I'm over and Scott, how about you? <laughs> well, if, if, if you know me well enough, uh, you know that there's no other possible way I'm going to get my vitamin C. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> oh man that's the answer of the night <laughs> oh very nice very nice well guys thanks again for for being on fans with bands great to see you guys can't wait to see you in the real yeah. world yes can't wait for the new music thanks for yeah, having I, uh, us this is awesome so, sorry i know we're closing it but i just thought of a question yeah. if i may yeah yeah go so the it. new album any uh, possibilities it's going to be released on vinyl? Uh, we are looking into it. Um, obviously, we really want to do it. Uh, okay. We're, we're independent right now. We're not with a label. So oh, okay. we're going to try. I don't know. We're going to see what we can do. Obviously, right now, vinyl is important. And uh, we want to make it happen. We, we literally cut out songs. This is, way, this is early, early, early in the process. Um, but we cut out songs to try to get this thing down to like a 45 minute long thing so that it would fit on vinyl, like the proper, okay. um, the proper size of vinyl. I don't know. I'm not a vinyl guy, but, but we did that on purpose so that if we could, we would. So, okay. These were all and songs I, that I wrote, by the way. I'm just, <laughs> and, I, and I'm just saying the first two albums, also the way they're done. It can be cut as a double LP. I'm just saying. All right. Oh. <laughs> but it fits yeah. perfectly. Oh. So, all right. Trust <laughs> me, like we really want to do it. That, uh, uh, that would be nice. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I've been pushing for it too. I know we've talked about it, and yeah. I think it would be awesome to do. And, and we do have really cool artwork. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say. Yeah. That's that would be great for vinyl, and uh, the, the artwork for this new album is really, really cool. cool. Like but even the first two. That cool of an artwork. It's by the it's by the same artist that did Triumphia, who's he's the guy that does uh, Opeth's album. So. Oh, cool. Okay, but even even the first album, the cover is very nice. I sometimes yeah. I wear my T-shirt when I go at concert, and a lot of people stop me and say, "Hey, your T-shirt is awesome." I say, "Well, look at the band also. They're from Detroit, <laughs> yeah. go listen to them." So uh, so that too would be very nice on vinyl, but uh, I know it's difficult. It's it's a lot of money. I think there needs to, yeah. Well, I think that I was gonna say there needs to be like a GoFundMe or Patreon thing or something so we can get the funding because I know that is expensive. But yeah, just hey, hey. we've never tried that. If you look, that's, that's that's a possibility. Just yeah. just throwing it out there for you guys, but Third Man's actually very reasonably priced. <laughs> third Man, uh, yeah. yeah, Third Man down in uh, Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A band I was with, we were the first band that got a pressing out of there. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was very reasonably priced. There we go. I'd love to do it. Yeah, I'd that'd be freaking awesome. Cool. So if you're compiling statistics to see if you would sell any, 
I'm buying the first uh, the first two yeah. and the new one. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm your first buyer. And based on this, you're you're 15% of our fans. <laughs> so, cost benefit. That's there you go. That's right. We only one copy on I don't know. Three quarters of my kids are into us too. So <laughs> that's like 53 people. Fun. Oh man. One thing that I wanted to throw out Great there. Are you guys, guys familiar with uh, the Cameo website? Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. You can oh, go yeah. there and have like a celebrity send you a message yeah. or something. It's not too late for you guys to have Gilbert Godfrey narrate your band <laughs> <laughs> as a on the album. Oh, can he do the subtitles for album? That's a relief to hear. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh my god. If we ever needed a fallback, that was it, you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, thanks again, everybody, for for being part of Fans with Bands. Uh, Again, can't wait to see you guys. And uh, have a great evening, and thank you. Thanks, Chuck. Good night, all. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Good seeing you, everybody. Hope to see you guys out in the real world soon. Yeah. Except for the guys in the band. Thanks again to Tony, Brian, Pete, Scott, and Pat of Imminent Sonic Destruction, as well as fans Tim, Lane, Pat, Denny, Partha, Dave, Dave, and James for joining me on this episode of Fans with Bands. Be on the lookout for the new ISD coming soon. In the meantime, you can pick up their killer earlier releases on their website. Maybe even shoot them a few bucks so that we can get the new release on vinyl. Yes! See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industries such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans of Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams. <laughs>